Welcome to The Pop-In, an adjacent podcast of Flop Stars, where we wrap up the big music news and new music stories of the week. My name is Nick Kelly. With me always is Sam Murphy. Hello. Let's go. Little, little sing-song situation. Very Now, our out. Flop Stars episode is this week about the 1975, so you can see that in your feed right now. We will talk about a couple of the big songs from the album shortly in Bop or Flop. There's also new music from Tuvalu. Um, Juice World, one of his final recordings, has been done by Marshmello, so we'll get to that. There's also new music from Blink-182 and Louis Tomlinson, two of the great rock dogs of our time. Wow. Um, <laughs> Real up. reasons to stick around. <laughs> Yeah. Let's go. Um, in the meantime, though, what has been happening this week? A lot of the conversation is about the brand new album from the 1975 being funny in a foreign language. First thoughts, Sam. Uh, I have had a had a funny past with the 1975, as we will discuss, um, but have since come around to them. And I just think they've nailed this album. I just think they've really nailed what they set out to do. I'm so happy that he's ditched like the really overthought sarcastic lyrics and is just being really sincere i'm like i think it's up there with the albums of the year what about you 100 percent on the same page i think just to hear something so cohesive from them finally and not bloated and drawn out and it's just classic matt healy i mean just some of the lyricism in there is absolutely bonkers but only he can do it and only he can do that and then it's something as sincere as all I need to hear in the same record and yeah. it feel completely authentic and not like he's sort of taking the piss too much. Um, I'm absolutely amazed by this album. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant record. I was so shocked at how short it was. Like, you, so short. A it doesn't feel it though. In less than 40 minutes. It's like, how does that work? Yeah, exactly. It feels full and, and thought out and exactly where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite your favorite song? Have you got one? I just think Oh Caroline is like a hit. It's a such smash. a hit. And it makes you feel like so warm. It's yep. They've really nailed the vibe on that one. I think that's yep. got to be my favourite. But all I need to hear, I think, is um, is really beautiful too. It's a nice little antidote to how kind of, you know, loud the rest of the album is. And I think that was another thing that shocked me. There's just a bunch of amazing pop songs on this that I almost totally. wasn't expecting to hear. Um, I think Wintering is a great song as well. And yeah, me too. One to... One that I think we'll keep coming back to. And I think what, what it was as well, I think um, this feels like Matty in a very safe place in his life and a very comfortable yeah. place. He's sort of, you know, brought out everything that was weighing him down and, and was making his life so chaotic. And he's still, cha- he's still chaos personified. But, yeah. you know, there feels like there's a bit more safety and comfort around him at the moment. And this no heroin, I would say. <laughs> I think that also helps. Yeah, that also assists. Yeah. Um, we will continue to talk about the 1975 in just a second. Um, but also, we, uh, we may have new music from Dua Lipa on the way, Sam. This is crazy. So, apparently, she's already posted this a, f- a while ago, and I must have missed it. But she was in the studio with um, Andrew Watt, which is, like, classic. Always. Or Andrew Wyatt. Andrew Wyatt. The Which Mike one? Snow could, guy. The, okay, Andrew Wyatt. Yeah, I get yeah. confused all the time. Okay, and then she's also in the studio with Tobias Jesso Jr., who obviously had that great record himself, but then did we When We Were Young with Adele. Yeah. And then she's in the studio with Danielle Harl, who's like PC music oh. rave lord and has done a like, spectacular job with Caroline Polachek on Pang and a few other singles. I just didn't 
even consider this route for Juar. And I really yeah. like it. Yeah, I, I think it, it just makes sense. But it's also such a fascinating dream team of people that she's assembled. I was just thinking about the other stuff that Tobias Jesso Jr. has done. I mean, Slow Hands by Niall, which undoubted banger. Wow. Um, like, that was just a smash beyond recognition. He's done stuff with Omar Apollo. He did uh, Boyfriends on the Harry Styles album as well. Um, you know, it's going to be so intriguing to see where this goes because as well, Danny Elhal, yeah. despite being so so synonymous with PC music, you know, we know that Danny's got a lot of tricks under his belt as well and this really could go in any direction and I'm fascinated yeah. to see where it does. Yeah, and I think that his main draw card is like early 2000s futurism in terms of music and I feel like in terms of Dewar's fashion, that's where she often leans. So it kind of makes sense. And I think she's done the 80s, 70s, 80s thing. Like we can close the door on that. And it'd be great to see her move into something that's a little bit more futuristic, even though she has done future nostalgia. Drop the nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Just go straight to the future. Be 3008, not 2000 and late. Um, <laughs> as Fergie would say, when do we think we'll get new music from her? When when do we think makes sense? Because she's in Australia before the end of the year, so in about a month from now, you know, continuing that tour. Um, um, you know, are we thinking early next year? Yeah, maybe. I reckon mid next year, maybe summer next year, we'll get a single. I don't think it's going to yeah. happen anytime soon. I think she'll finish up this tour and close the the door on this era but i think she'll take her time she shouldn't take too long though because she's in that kind of window where she could have a witness era incoming <laughs> i know it's the difficult third album isn't it difficult yeah. second albums don't exist anymore it's all about the third it's all about what the third ha- yeah i mean witness this- was the fourth but i yeah, think yeah third and fourth same the, thing whatever that middle what the third one was can't even remember set her up it's for failure m- it's the middle era before you get to your greatest hits album because you get you do your greatest hits about the seventh or eighth record, right? So yeah, that middle era of like the third and fourth has become. Or if you're Ricky Lee, you have act. it after your second album. Yeah, which I also respect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Lee, who's headlining Puffdorf in a couple of weeks in Sydney as well. Um, all the hits with makers. the hits, all the hits, only the all hits, featuring Ricky. all the hits, and they were like Ricky Lee um, bringing such hits as "Raining Diamonds" and "Sunshine." I'm like, they weren't hits; they were just gay bangers. They were B sides. I was just the talking. Loved them. I was just talking on TikTok with somebody saying how there needs to be a category in the Grammys for pop songs that weren't hits. Like, <laughs> yes, so that this Charlie exactly XCX can win an award. <laughs> this is why, and you know, this conversation about the Australian Music Awards at the moment, this is why it shouldn't be based on chart position and stuff, and it should be based on merit, because there's so many belters that miss out on, you know, recognition and sort of fall yeah. by the wayside from a critical standpoint, but... Or from a you know from an awards standpoint, but you know such is life. Such is go and enter the Vander and Young songwriting competition if you really think it's that good. <laughs> or come on, flop stars. Or we should do an stars. end of year awards. We'll do our Grammys, the floppies. Let's do it. Let's do the yeah. floppies at the end of the year. Okay, deal. Yeah, lock that in. Um, okay, there's I'll a brand new Charlie album from Tovlo. Yes, <laughs> friend of Charlie's Tovlo has a brand new album. Dirt Fem is out. Have you listened to it? I have listened to it. You know, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan. And um, I just think she's one of the most consistent pop artists on the planet right now. 
she just yep. always delivers and this album for me is probably her best i would say it's just yeah. like stacked with bangers and just like incredible songwriting like the song grapefruit which i think we're going to oh. talk about later i'll leave it to talk yep. about later but god what a song I think as well, I feel like she, not that she's ever tried to be someone else, but this feels like the most her album ever as well and the most her era. And I think she's just doing things on her terms now, um, you know, really making stuff that sounds uniquely Tuvalu. Also, her voice. like So good. She just so has an good. amazing voice. She's just an amazing vocalist yeah. um, and an incredible songwriter and I, th- I think just a great pop person, a really a really likeable pop person. So... Um, totally well done to, to, we will talk about grapefruit in just a second. BTS are going to be in the army. This is something that <laughs> fans have been um, speculating for a while may happen. They're, they're going to be enlisting one by one in the army, which feels, you know, there's so much chemistry with them now. They've had so much time together to develop as a group. Surely they should go into the army together. Surely that would make more sense because they can feed off each other. I don't know if the army works like that, where you can just choose who you want to be with. I think it should. (laughs) Sorry, I want to be with my friends from my band, BTS, if that's okay. If you could just enroll us together. I think it makes sense. It's proven history. I think this is just wild. Like, wild. Can you imagine if when One Direction announced their hiatus, (laughs) then suddenly they were going off to join the army? I mean, to be fair, Louis could probably do with a bit of army well, discipline. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Louis makes so much sense in the army. But this is the reality for a lot of these, you know, Korean pop stars. This is going to be a thing or has been a thing for um, for a lot of them. And, you know, it's it's mandatory in South Korea. So I, I kind of like it's been inevitable, I suppose, at some point. Um, yeah. But it almost, fe- it almost feels like, unfortunately, I mean... It's not like they're not a juggernaut, but it felt like there was still a couple more hits away from proper, you know, household name yeah. status. And yeah, we totally were very, agree. very close to that, right? Yeah, I would I would have sus- like thought that they had a couple number ones in their belt over the next year or two. Yeah. So it's it's like unfortunate for them that they have to do it, but good on them for getting it done. Um, yep. And their army album's going to slap. You know how how big the army navy aesthetic is in pop music. They can really bring some knowledge to it. Exactly. I mean, they've been they've been alluding to this, but but their fan base being called the army for you know as long as they've been around. Surely you had to predict this. From what I read as well, the company have got like plans in place to make sure that BTS is still present over the next couple of years. Anyway, so there's a lot of stuff in the can, a lot of stuff that'll still roll what, out. So they, they just won't die. be physically present. Pretty yeah, pretty much. There's like a there's like a couple of years worth of stuff of songs and releases oh, and songs. stuff ready to roll. I thought you meant they were making sure they don't die in the army. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's no there's no guarantees in the army. You're entering warfare. You can't choose. You may be able to choose who you go in with, but you can't choose whether you'll come out. That's the realities of war, you see. That's so so dark. (laughs) Moving on. Well, I hope Um, they're back in 2025, (laughs) I think, is their promised return. And I hope all the members are there. Yeah, fingers crossed. Otherwise, we can sub someone in. Maybe... Maybe Louis Tomlinson can be subbed in. Um, <laughs> we now have a new longest charting Hot 100 song of all time, and it's from an this unlikely source. Yeah. Oh, you want me to you say what it is? You can, yeah, you can say what it is. I was sort of setting you up. <laughs> it's Ricky Lee's Sunshine. 
<laughs> instrumental version that she included on the original CD single. In fact, I feel like I've brought up about six times on this show before. <laughs> it's Glass Animals Heat Waves, which wild. is wild because when this topped the Hot 100, the hottest 100 on Triple J a couple yep. of years ago, it was barely even scraping the US charts. So it's been the biggest slow burner of a hit. And now to reach this milestone is nuts. But this song is like ubiquitous here. It's like absolutely everywhere. And it's just had another resurgence over the summer. And it's the kind of song that I would never press play on myself, but I would never switch the station if it came on the radio. Yeah. Like I just feel very indifferent about it, which I think it's- is its greatest success. It is. It's just a sleeper hit. But also when you really think about it and when you have people coming together, it is an anthem beyond recognition. Um, Have you heard the Johnny Depp story about this song? No. Do I want to? It's it's one of the more fine Johnny Depp stories. So so old mate Dave was sitting there writing this song, right, in this studio, just playing a piano and coming up with the chorus of this song on his own, just sitting there. And then someone behind him goes... Sounds good. And he turns around and it's Johnny Depp who was upstairs doing some music for some movie. And he just <sighs> come down. So jo- like he was one of the first people, if not the first person to hear heat waves in the world, of like of all fucking people. Oh my um, God, that's wild. I know. It's just the weirdest, <laughs> it's just been the weirdest story in chart history, really. So weird. When does this, this- ever happen that an... an- Indie alternative band that I would say is losing steam pulls this out of the hat like crazy, insane, insane, um, and deserved. They're lovely. They're apparently lovely people as they well. They are very lovely people. Yeah, it is deserved. Um, so that's everything that's been happening this week in music. We've we've t- covered some real ground there, from Danielle Hall to the realities of war to. <laughs> Johnny Depp hearing heat waves. I'm now exhausted. We're going to... <laughs> I know, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, bop or flop, we're going to punch through the biggest releases of yeah, the week. Yeah, we've got quite a lot we this way. Flop, stars. Okay, before we get to bop or flop, Sam has some breaking news to share. I have some news from last week's flop star guest. Oh, Lana. <laughs> you may have noticed oh, that um, her collaboration with Taylor Swift leaked overnight. I heard this. And... <laughs> She's just gone onto Instagram um, to reveal Lana that or Taylor? Lana, that yeah. her car got broken into. They stole her laptop, hard drives, and a couple camcorders. <laughs> the laptop has her entire new album on it, unannounced, unreleased, and <laughs> a book of poetry which she has not backed up to anything else, and she's due to submit. <laughs> oh, uh, so, uh, so uh, I imagine that her album is going to be sold to Alika very soon. Uh, she said she's still going to press ahead with releasing it. It's either giving that or it's giving the dog ate my homework. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> Holy shit! There's so much to unpack there. Isn't First that wild? Of all, why has she left her laptop and camcorders in the car? In the back of a car. I have no idea. She lives with the kind of security, like she's a 32-year-old woman named Susan from the suburbs. 
who drives like a early 2000s model Toyota. Subaru she Forester. She's one of the highest selling pop artists of this decade. <laughs> and she can't just simply leave her things in a car and, and totter off to Whole Foods for an hour. And the book of poetry. Like- the book of poetry. <laughs> Oh, at least take photos of the pages and put them on your Dropbox or something. And also Nothing. the camcorders. Of course she's got camcorders. Of course she's got camcorders. Multiple. She's probably filming the music videos for her upcoming up. <laughs> Teary me. That's pretty anyway, significant though. I it thought is it was a much more sophisticated hack and leak of this record. <laughs> It's just she's left her shit in the car it's been broken into. But also, when you have an album that you haven't announced, don't get on Instagram and tell the world that it's been stolen. Now every man and his dog's going to be looking for it. Where's Lana's... Does Lana have Instagram? Um, She's got a private account now called Honeymoon, which I still haven't been accepted to. But (laughs) I'm going to try and get accepted. I'm sure when word gets back to her that we got... Um, some good plays on her podcast episode last week. She'll add us. <laughs> It'll. <laughs> Thank you for spreading the gospel. Um, all right, let's do bop or flop. Starting yeah. with our subject of this week's flop stars, which you can see in your feed right now. The 1975, the brand new album, being funny in a foreign language is out. They are also being funny in English on this record, and <laughs> Oh Caroline is the sort of focus single. Oh, we love it, don't we? Yes, we do love it. We've already talked about it, and it's an absolute bop. bop just bop, love bop. hearing Maddie just yearning for love, wanting to be loved, and being vulnerable about that. Um, yeah. You know, in such a loud way. Well done. It's a bop for the 1975. Moving on, Tuvalu, also been discussed already. Um, Dirt Femme, I really think, has crept in as, like, low-key one of the great pop records of the year, and just yeah. almost unassumingly so. Yeah, totally. Like coming the week before Taylor and Carly. And at this stage, I wouldn't be surprised if Dirt Femme ends up being the best one. Like yep. Grapefruit is just such a mammoth pop song. About like um, body dysmorphia, basically. And yet she makes it sound so sugary sweet and like such a euphoric banger. Like it's a real cry on the dance floor kind of tune. And to be honest, it's like edging up there with something like Dancing on My Own by Robin, which is a big claim. But like that's that's the pocket that it's in. It's a totally reasonable claim. She covered Dancing on My Own on Triple J, the big Australian radio station um, Mm. last week, their Like A Version segment. And normally... Acts will do like a full band kind of thing for like a version. It's very rare that they do a stripped performance and it was just her and a yeah. piano and it was astonishingly good. Um, and, you know, I, I like that she's not shying away from, you know, the fact that the Robin comparison is being made more and more because she is literally sitting there with some of the greatest, you know, Swedish pop of all time. And Absolutely. In the halcyon now. Um, Betty Who has brand new music. There's a whole album called Big. Who? Um, <laughs> hey! Cause I'm big, larger than life. Prefacing this by saying Take Me When You Go, her 2013 album, 2014, is one of yeah. my genuinely favourite pop records of all time. Um, yeah. This actually stands up to that. 
Oh my god, I was so like gonna say it sucks. I was like, no, wow, this really is amazing. Going out on a limb. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. And from like go to woe, it's a big, loud pop record. It's totally honest. It's totally her. Um, and you know, big is a tall girl anthem. Betty is a very tall girl. She's also got one of the most exciting voices in pop music. And yeah, I think this is amazing. What about you? I listened to it. And I didn't pick up on the specific references to her height in the song. Yeah, I felt that it was a metaphor, but I'm, I'm, I'm six foot three, so I'm here for a tall person anthem. <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't have as much um, of a history with Betty Who as you do, but I've been recently trying to get into it. I, I like this song. I've still got to listen to the album. I think it's a bop, but I really like the second half a lot more than the first half when the beat really kicks in. Yeah. Um, and that's my thoughts on it. But I will, I'm going to give the album a listen and I'll come back to you with my thoughts. It's a worthwhile listen. It's absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, and yeah, I just think, and as well, like, yes, it is a tall girl anthem, but you're right. It is also a, kind of a metaphor for the being a, a, lo- a loud, you know, larger than life character as well. And, you know, yeah. wanting people to just embrace you for that to not push you down and silence you, you said. Yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. very beautiful, very emotional. I can connect to that as a louder, <laughs> louder operator, loud, obnoxious man. <laughs> it's what I've been known as for a long time. Um, Marshmallow and Juice World have put out a record, and it's called Bye Bye. It doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> it feels very morbid and it doesn't sound like Marshmallow really did anything. It just sounds like a Juice World track. Um, this yeah. poor dead man is just a content mill at this stage. He is. Like, honestly, just bring it to an end. Pillaging like, him for don't audio. Just, obviously, he makes a lot of money for people because he streams out of this world, but like... Come on. This this guy was like in his early 20s. How much material does he have that's worth releasing? Like he would have been onto his third album of new material now had he lived. I yeah. just it's at some point you've got to like have someone editing this because this song's just like so run of the mill. It's appalling and I think it's a really it was evidently meant to be a Marshmallow and Juice World song because Juice World does shout out Marshy at the start. Um but, yeah, there's just something about it that just doesn't feel nice. It all feels a bit icky. And, yeah, it's almost like one of those things that you can say, we did a song and it never came out. doesn't yeah. feel like this needed to come out. No. Um, yeah, flop from me. But I feel weird saying that because I think Juice <laughs> World's incredible. But, you know, and may he rest, may he rest flop world. his soul. But it's in Flop World, yeah. 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 Uh, moving on. Nessa Barrett. Nessa Barrett is here, crept up as one of Pop's great new comers over the last little while. And there's now a whole album of music by this Nessa Barrett character. Um, I think this song, Dear God, which is the focus track for the album, is god-awful. <laughs> boring. It's pretty bloody boring. <laughs> And I'm not trying to say that she's not a superstar because she absolutely is. And I mean, she was on the Call Me Daddy podcast this week. Um, it's giving a bit of Tate McRae. It's giving a bit of Rodrigo. But What's I, I the know. vibe meant to be? It's meant to be a bit pop. Not this song, but Nessa Barrett's vibe is meant to be a bit pop punk, yeah. 
Yeah, dark pop, cross with pop punk kind of feel um, is meant to be it, but but not. I mean, this why song. would you? Yeah, interesting choice to um, to accompany an album with this kind of single. But um, good luck to her. <laughs> yeah, we wish you the best. Um, <laughs> on the opposite end of the spectrum, S.G. Lewis and Tovlo. <laughs> I'm very confused because this is on the Tovlo album, but yeah. it's by SG Lewis featuring Tovlo and it came out on the same day. I'm a little bit lost. I think it's on both albums. So I right. think that it's going to be on SG's Lewis, on SG's Lewis, on SG's album. And it's also going to be on, well, it also is on her album. So I yeah. guess they're just doubling up because this meant that she could get two songs in New Music Friday, you know. Smart. So I that's like probably it. why. Regardless. Although they often put like four or five songs from an album into New Music Friday. Yeah, but you've days. got to be like Ed Sheeran or something for that, you know? True. Like they're not just going to do it with, with or Nessa Barrett. Or Nessa Barrett. Or Nessa Barrett. Although she could have benefited from a few more tracks in New Music Friday. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> Dear God. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is an amazing song from SG Lewis and Tovlo. So I mean, good. SG, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Can do no wrong, has not put out a bad song, ever. No. Well, we could, but yeah. I mean, if you really looked into I it, could, I'm sure I'll you go find one that we think's a bit one. shit. I'll bring but, one yeah. back to the podcast. You would go down the negative angle. You would go and, you know, with the glass half empty approach and go find. <laughs> I just shit know song. that we're taking listeners' time and they, they're coming to us for correct information. Which point. actually I did um, not give you correct information last week and I'm going to apologise to you for it on the next podcast. It's to do with my game from last week, I'll tell you. Oh, okay, in the, in the yeah. main episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, there's another hook to go. But in the main I'm going to get even because I'm going to find it a bad SG Lewis song. Joshua Bassett is a very <laughs> interesting character. Um, of course, he, he was allegedly the subject of driver's licence but has since released um, a, a pretty, inc- pretty interesting um, load of songs since all that started happening. Songs yeah. that I've thought um, in the past are really, really good. Um, and I think this is no exception. She said, he said, she said. Let's put this shit to bed. She said, he said, she said. This like Joshua Bassett, Sabrina Carpenter, Olivia Rodrigo situation is like the placid white person equivalent of when Solange, Beyonce and Jay-Z all released <laughs> their albums in that in that same period time or yes. like after the elevator incident. Yes. <laughs> but this one's being drawn out for so much longer. Honestly, drop it at this point. But um, this song is like one of his best, I think. It's produced mm-hmm. by Malay. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Which is good. It makes it less boring. It's great. Yeah, and I think, and to be honest, I think even when Joshua's in ballad territory, I think some of that music's been really, really good as well. He's a really talented guy. Um, no, I don't like and I ballad think, stuff. I liked it when he did Crisis and Secret, when he did that like trilogy of songs. I think the one thing that I would say is probably becoming a bit of an issue is that it's almost like he's made gossip his genre. And yeah. every song has almost been a commentary on this ongoing sort of... Um, Which I got know, at the start. It tryst. was smart, but it didn't work, you know. It yeah. made both him and Sabrina Carpenter look a bit pathetic, to be honest. Because Olivia was yeah. doing so much better than them when they could have just run their own race. But anyway. I do remember very sadly driving, listening to this song, those songs on repeat, though, and trying to hear, like listen out for the, the references. 
Oh, the, the first things they dropped after driver's yeah. license. I was living for it. It was. I just one of <laughs> one of pop music's great last scandales of the last five years. Just... So good, but like, come on, how many? Like, what's it been? A year and a half now. Drop I know it. they're like ten years old. Literally, we don't need to talk about gossip anymore. But I think Joshua Bassett is yeah, very very cool. Bisexual king. Bisexual yeah. king. I just Bisexual came up king. with a good meme, Joshua Bassett Hound. Let me write that down so I can make that. <laughs> you can see that. Oh, it's been done. Podcast. It's been done. Oh, no. Yeah, Captain there's a picture of him with here. a Bassett Hound. Three more songs in the bop or flop section. Ray and 070 Shake. Escapism is here. To me, it feels like it's taking a while for Ray to unpack everything that she went through in the latter part of her record deal and get to a point of, like, true independence. It feels like this whole record is really her sort of resetting. And I'm almost yeah. going to give it like a, a part. Like the songs have been good and it's exciting to, and I think very, um, you know, very vulnerable to, to put this all out there. Um, yeah. But there's still a lot of unpacking to do, I think, before she arrives at a place of absolute freedom. Well, I think that's going to be this whole album. You know, mm. she's like obviously very angry. What's interesting is the album's not so much about the record label as it is about, I, I didn't know, but apparently she had some pretty bad, um, experiences with men yeah. it's pretty dark stuff and these two songs that she released this week are extremely dark but she is a brilliant songwriter like mm. seriously top tier she should be writing a lot more shit for other people I think it's just yeah. um, kind of jarring I guess to hear her go from that like kind of cheery dance stuff into this really dark stuff and I agree with you she's got She's got like work to do until she arrives at what I feel like will be her flourishing point as an artist, but I still think this is important for her to yeah. go through. Yeah, sorry. My comments probably did come across a little bit dismissive of the record. No, no, I wasn't I, was I wasn't like, saying that. I wasn't like, No, I agree, I agree you. with you though. Now I'm thinking about them because I, I agree with you. I think and and I think there is so much power in putting all of this out there. And having this conversation on this record, and my only hope, I suppose, is that by doing this, she's actually setting no, up yeah. a future where she's completely free. And um, yeah. yeah, I think it's so powerful to be able to talk about this, especially while she's still so young. And, you know, the, the sky is the absolute limit. And I wouldn't be surprised if in five years we're sitting here with Ray as one of the biggest superstars on the planet. Totally. Yeah. And I this is not going to be the album to do it. I agree with That's you. Fine, but it is... Isn't it? going to be a really important step for her as an, as an artist. Yeah. Uh, one of the great turds of music has released um, <laughs> a new song and it's, um, <laughs> it's fine. Louis Tomlinson is back with Out of My System. I gotta get it out of my system. Um, your thoughts, Sam? <laughs> I'm not getting into this. No. <laughs> Off the back of you calling him a turd. We're going to be destroyed. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> I can't stand this bloke. I actually can't stand him. Um, out of my system is the song. You know it's what he is? He's a bargain bin good. oasis. Yes. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> but like a really shit regional UK bargain bin place. It's like you went to your local pub and there was someone doing Oasis covers selling a CD. Yeah. With yeah, some of their originals burned. on it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's that. It's that. <laughs> Moving on, um, because I don't like to spend my time being negative, but there's something about that kid that gives me the shit. <laughs> I um, love that. I've never seen you so fired up. Oh, he's just an absolute... Oh, no, I'm not going to keep going because I'm just going to be negative and I hate being negative, but he's an ass hat. Um, Blink-182 <laughs> have, have a new song out called Edging and it's got very mixed reviews so far. I wonder what your thoughts are on it, Sam. No, I hate it. Same shit, different really? label. You know, it's like this whole thing of like adding the new member back and being like, oh, we've just written our best album yet. And it's like, no, you just put the new me- the old member back in and you're doing the same old shit all over again. I like me. it. Grow up. I like it. <laughs> I think it's all grow up. I mean, that, that could be my only criticism is that it does feel like they're trying to be 20 again, but I also kind of am living for the nostalgia side of it. So... Don't it do that, a- though. Like, they've been through so much shit in the past yeah. few years. So much. So put it into the music somehow. But maybe that's why this I like this, because it's them getting back to their roots again and it's them sort of trying to relive those glory days in a really sort of wholesome way. Trying um, being the operative word. The operative, yeah. But look, good, good luck to them on their enormous tour. How's um, he going to do it? Is he flying now? Know. Travis Barker? Yeah, apparently Courtney Kardashian's helped him you know, get back she to did. flying. So, well done <laughs> to everyone involved in that. Um, <laughs> no, best of luck to him. I think the song's really fun. I think it's it's quite joyous. Yeah. Get the rope. Get the rope. Get the rope. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Um, wow, quite a, what a loud, what a, what a, what a, what 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 an interesting bop or flop segment this week. Yeah, it was interesting. We're usually very positive, not this week. Yeah, no, there are a couple of conversations to be had this week. Um, well, I'm off Twitter now, so maybe, um, so I don't really care if you on Twitter. This is my outlet. Yeah, Yeah, this is the thing. This is my, I need to have these rants now because, um, yeah, I'm off Twitter. Um, I still check it every day, but I'm not tweeting um, until, but except for like every 10 days when I go breaking my Twitter hiatus to say this and then yeah. I, say, I say something, yeah, which I did the other day. Um, <laughs> but I'm primarily off Twitter until the Louis stands come for me and then I'll be And then you'll Twitter hop back again. on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Azealia Banks is coming to the Australia too, so you might need to hop off. I've realised I was in the wrong in the Azealia Banks um, conversation. That's (laughs) That's what everybody says with her five years later. (laughs) (laughs) That's an unpack for another day. I shouldn't have gotten involved. It was not my conversation to have. Um, We should do her and flop stars. Oh, no. I can't. I'd be so <laughs> too worried. Much I'd be terrified the entire week that she'd <laughs> too come much across it. trauma. Her. She would. <laughs> we just log into Instagram and see 90 Instagram stories <laughs> that we're all tagged in. Coming up this week, of course, the big album of the week is going to be Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Did it leak? Did the whole thing leak? No, the whole thing hasn't leaked. Just um, the Lana just song. Just clips got it here stolen. and there and the Lana song that got stolen out of her car. Um but it's uh, by what I'm hearing, it sounds like it's uh, ever more folklore crossed with love of reputation. That's the vibe. Let's let's form albums. Yeah, but they're two like sister and brother albums. Like true, you know, it's pop crossed with folk. If you really need to break it down for you, 
I do. It's the point of the podcast. I can get out a pen and paper and make a graph if you like. Yeah. Do me a diagram. That'd be great. We'll put it up at Flopstars Podcast on the socials. And no, we'll now catch I have you. to do it. I don't want to do that. I don't even own a pen anymore. <laughs> the brand new album from the 1975 is a far cry from a brief inquiry into online relationships. So how does that album, a really important album in Maddie Healy's life, stack up a couple of years on with the benefit of hindsight? The first of their two album era titled Music for Cars is the subject of this week's Flop Stars. It is in your feed right now and we'll catch you for another pop-in this time next week. Flop Stars. Bye-bye. <laughs>